0: What up, Clips and Drew Nation? You are now tuned in to the Follow-Through with Clips and Drew, the NBA's premier podcast. We have been on a one-week hiatus and have a lot of catching up to do. We have the rumor mill, free agency, coaching changes, should the Rockets blow it up in Houston. A lot of questions, a lot of answers. It's the Follow-Through with Clips and Drew.
1: Drew, kick that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. Say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like looty us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up. Yeah. Like this before, like this before, like this
0: before. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clipson Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 160, The Milestone, Drew. If there is a milestone, that is one of them. Uh, it's good to see your face, man. We took a week off because we've just been so burnt out with the bubble burnout happened. And it's actually kind of funny because we record on Saturdays and normally you'll check in with me in the morning and be like, all right, dude, I'll be up there at noon or whatever. I'm like, if he doesn't text, I'm not going to say anything. And you and you were thinking the same thing. And we kind of just big lead each other on Saturday, right?
2: Yeah, it was. It, I I think the bubble, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. It was so much basketball I don't know I mean you know what I mean It was like it was like a four-month March Madness uh essentially I mean that's that's kind of what we got out of it and I'm so glad that they did it and all that stuff we were able to watch it and finish the season we didn't have to have this weird like you know gap in in the record books as like an unfinished season and obviously the Lakers winning was great but damn dude that was a lot it was a lot of energy and attention required constantly for for four months so I yeah it was nice to take a, a nice breather
0: it a was from that it it was really nice. Uh, and my, and mind you, there wasn't much going on. I would have liked to see you, but like, whatever, dude, I was perfectly fine with not recording. But when you take a week off there, there was stuff that happened that we got to, we got to address, you know? Definitely. And I think we'll just start with this. Like we just finished the bubble. And then for whatever reason, the NBA is now trying, they set a date for when they want, um, the revamp to start and that's mlk day in january mm-hmm. and as much as i want that and as much as nba fans want that i don't i think that's too soon i i personally feel that way uh, now for lebron and for uh you know the celtics and for miami that went deep in the playoffs they might wow. want their rest but then there's teams like you know uh name one dude that that hasn't played since March and then
2: Golden State Atlanta Minnesota all those teams Charlotte yeah yeah there's a bunch of eight teams that haven't played you know if it it starts in January it'll be almost a year since they played I mean if it starts in March it'll be a year Mm -hmm. since those those eight teams played an NBA game so I do think you know I think actually you know considering the timeline that we're on right now we just it's October 22nd uh, typically in a regular season, when it ends in June, it's about three months before it starts back up again in October. You go through July, August, September, and then in October, the season starts. You get preseason at the end of September, early October. So if we're, if we're doing that same kind of three months off, January is you know, a realistic way to, to go. Everything that I'm hearing right now is uh, about the NBA looking at this year as a similar year to 2020 because they know that, you know, there's, there's still probably going to be a lack of fans in arenas um, and the revenues and all that stuff are not going to be as high as they were in 2019. So they're looking at this year as just a way to gap and, and, and push for a timeline for the 2022 season to start like normal. Back in October, get their normal routines in. Hopefully by then, all the stadiums will be able to have fans and capacities and be able to start bringing in all the additional revenue that they're losing out um, so I do think, you know, for everything, you know, that we've talked about, I think January 18th is about as good as it gets. Now we, there's we'll a plan, see if though, that, there has to yeah, be a
0: plan though, you know,
2: right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, we'll see if that changes. Right. Cause we've already had the draft been pushed back uh, twice and uh, you know, there's, there is going to be probably some dialogue between the players union and uh, the NBA as far as, you know, if is this enough time off and, what to expect from from salary caps and things like that but anyway yeah I I definitely think there has to be a plan and I think the NBA has shown a really good job in in creating plans uh given given how well the bubble just went so I think we're in good hands here uh but I do think honestly if, if if that works out you know January 18th that's a great that's a great starting date but
0: there's two things we got to got to address here I mean the 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 nba salvaged 1.5 billion dollars which i with actually having the bubble right created that revenue saved a lot of money with that but they also the ratings were down a lot 50 percent going into the summer going against nfl like they lost a lot of money so back to what you were saying was and also i think china had a lot to do with that as well losing that viewership was huge it wasn't just Americans saying i don't want to watch nba basketball or any you know the political stuff which i know a few people didn't watch because of that for whatever reason um but getting that timeline back in 2022 where everything's set we have our you know we tried it out in the summer it didn't work um as much as i'd like that to happen i just hope that i hope there's a plan and if we get nba basketball in january that's great for me and you it's great for uh sports in general uh so i, I i'm cool with that two things two coach changes this week not necessarily coach changes but the Clippers finally officially made Ty Lue our head coach five-year deal brought in Chauncey Billups that's who I wanted I was adamant about that I didn't think you know I didn't want Van Gundy I didn't want D'Antoni uh I you know Mike Brown no thank you I think we went I think Balmer kind of praised Ty Lue a little more than he should have but uh, he was the best pick for us and the right pick for us. So I'm fine with that. I think it's a good move by the Clippers bringing Chauncey in too. I like a lot. I don't know what that's going to mean for Sam. If Sam's going to go somewhere else or if he's going to stay on, on board with us, maybe possibly our boy James Posey might be coming in too. That's, that's the rumor mill. But what do you think about that?
2: I think Tyler was the only real hire that the Clippers could make and still have some semblance and continuity moving into this new season. We know that, you know, losing Doc is a big thing, but keeping somebody that was on staff for, I don't know how many years now, I think at least two or three years that he's been with the Clippers since since Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, you know, kind of knows what Doc was running, the stuff that was working. He'll, he'll bring in his own twists and ideas, I'm sure. Everything that we were talking about was about trying to maintain some form of continuity and building up rapport and things like that. And I think the only way to, to get any of that was to keep a, a head coach that was a part of the staff. So whether that be Ty Lue or Sam Cassell, as you mentioned, I do think Ty is the better option between the two of them. Obviously, he has head coaching experience and has won a title. Uh, I think this is I think this is a smart hire. And again, like we said, when you look around at the remaining coaches, you kind of listed a few of them. Mm. There's not, there's not many that you would go, all right, I would, I would much rather have that guy instead of Ty Lue at this point. Uh, so I think this is a solid, you know, this is a solid decision. I would imagine Kawhi and Paul George probably had their say um, on, you know, whether or not they thought Ty Lue could do the job. And I'm sure they both gave him the thumbs up. Um, and, and this also goes back to a really solid bond and relationship between Jerry West and Ty Lue that formed way back when, when Ty Lue was the player for the Lakers. So, I think this is, you know, this is pretty solid. And I'm interested to see what Ty Lue is going to do. And obviously the next steps are him filling out this roster and trying to keep or, or you know, replace players that might be might be leaving.
0: You know, and, and people, there's a lot of Ty Lue haters out there too. Like he just won the championship because of LeBron, which obviously it's a huge part of you don't win a championship without your superstar. I think they were really adamant about talking about how uh, – how Ty holds players accountable and they brought, you know, in the clips of him and LeBron kind of getting at it on the bench a little bit, uh, which is fine. Like that's, that's what you, that's what you want from a coach. And I guess LeBron respected that a lot too. And that's what we were lacking was accountability in the playoffs for the Clippers. So I think that call with Tyloo and what people don't remember either drew and you, you kind of brought it up was Tyloo played, phil jackson and with kobe and he played in orlando with a with a young dwight howard and he played with michael jordan in washington like the guys played with great he's coached lebron james i mean i'm just naming some great players and coaches uh so he brings a lot of that to the table i really like the chauncey move uh, because i i felt chauncey was going to be more of a front office guy and he probably will be at some point but i love chauncey i loved him as a clipper uh i'd like for him to have like some young cats, some young point guards in there. Like if, if Shea was still there, I I would love that. Uh, the one thing that Ty was saying too, though, was he wants to keep the squad the same. Yes, there might need to be some minor tweaks, but he wants to keep the roster the same. And it was a funny, it was a funny quote. Cause somebody said, uh, you know, Kawhi has kind of been adamant about saying he wants a new PG and we're not talking Paul George, you know? <laughs> so I, I think we're going to be active Uh, moving forward trying to find a a creative point guard and we'll talk about that later in the show we brought it up a few times in shows before the shocking one to me was I was surprised Stan Van Gundy got the the Pelican job I would have thought for sure that was a D'Antoni job to have uh, and and they kind of switched it up with the with the vet tough coach over there Uh, what was your take on
2: that that one was surprising to me as well I didn't I mean Stan Van Gundy as a head coach in the NBA is not a surprise uh, but this particular team for Stan Van Gundy is surprising. Um, I definitely thought that somebody like D'Antoni or Jason Kidd, who's been proven to, to at least be able to form some bonds with younger players uh, in his brief stint as a head coaches for two different uh, teams, I thought one of those guys is probably going to you know, take that job, take that position. Um, but look, I mean, uh, we know David Griffin, the, the GM for, for New Orleans, is, is really solid. I think he knows what he's doing. And if Stan Van Gundy and him connect on a vision for this team and what they actually want to focus on, which is probably has to be defense, uh, because as we know, they they can score, but they're, I mean, outside of Drew Holiday, they're not necessarily defensive minded. And of course, you get Zion weak side block and shots randomly, but obviously it's not about their ability to score points, it's more about their de- ability to defend and their lack of ability to do so that I think Stan Van Gundy is gonna come in and, and have a real plan of attack for.
0: Don't you think um, they need, they need d- development too, though? Like they need to be taught. These are young players, young, raw, unpolished players in Lonzo. They have a really great core. If you can keep Brandon Ingram there, you have a solid three. And if Drew stays, you really do have a solid core of players. But I think Zion, who's, you know, fresh out of high school, two years, Lonzo still hasn't really found his groove yet. They need to be taught and learn, you know, how to play in a cohesive group and play real good basketball and take full advantage of Zion, hopefully keeping him in shape. Hopefully that's like the first thing that they do is, and and I know Zion's been hearing that his his whole life probably, but keeping them in shape. But I think he can bring a lot to teaching these young players how to play basketball.
2: Well, I mean, he's been in the league forever, um, you know, not just as a head coach. He's he's worked his way up all the different ranks of assistants and all that stuff. Uh, his basketball knowledge is, is superior to, I would say, the majority of the other coaches, maybe other than like D'Antoni or Gentry, some of these like really long tenured coaches that we've had in the league, but he's right up there with all of them. Uh, I mean, he's been to a finals as the head coach of the Orlando Magic back when Dwight was <laughs> the, the best defensive player uh in 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 the league in the world obviously at that point. I'll be interested to see what his offense looks like uh because he does have some really I- interesting pieces and it's going to be a lot different than what Gentry was running for all that whole group. It's going to it's not going to be the same stuff. And I think his last stint was in Detroit, right? That's where yeah, he, he was last. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. He had right. Blake. So if you think about it, like he had Blake, he had Dwight Howard, and Zion's kind of a, like a, a hybrid of those two together. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I, I'd like to see what he can do with it. If, if Zion's willing to learn, and I'm sure he is, I, I want to see him bring in – like it'd be really great to get like Patrick Ewing on the bench with these guys. Get these guys a big man coach uh,
2: to help – Ewing's Ewing. the head coach of Georgetown still. So right. he's not going to – he probably won't leave that unless it's a head coaching position. Uh, in the NBA, but I know what you mean. Uh, you know, obviously you really want somebody to help develop Zion and help develop Jackson Hayes. Cause those two big men yes. need some real attention. Uh, Cause they have a lot of potential you know, Jackson Hayes as well. I, you know, he's, he's a hell of an athlete. I like He's him. very young too. Mm-hmm. And then you obviously Stan himself is, is, was a point guard when he played. Um, and so I do expect him to kind of take Lonzo under his wing a little bit and try and maybe show him some stuff. Uh, but, of course, you know, he, he'll build out his staff the way that he sees fit. But that was surprising. We've had already seven seven coaches be, be fired at the end of this bubble season, which is a lot more than or I expected. Or step thought, down. Right, right. Well, that was Daryl Moore, right? Uh that's kind, want,
0: that's kind of what I want, I want to pivot into right now. Is yeah. I, I have a question you know maury stepping down was kind of a shock to me d'antoni saying fuck it i'm over this right now him stepping down there's been questions of like you know what maybe it's time to blow it up like maybe we blow it up right now if we can harden you know even though harden is your most efficient player and gets you to the playoffs every single year they win every single year they were one chris paul injury away from from going to the nba finals uh they 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 ran it to the wheels fell off and now you're kind of stuck. They don't have a coach. Uh, Daryl Morey was definitely innovative and, you know, you're, you're missing it. Everything he did worked. Let's just say that like it really did work. We were all shocked at the small ball thing. It worked with them. The analytic thing worked. Uh, but do you think they should take a chance while stock value is high for at least Russell?
2: there's nothing you can do at the point of rosters until you have that personnel in place. Mm -hmm. Like I, you can't, there's no way that, you know, the Fertitta can be like, all right, we're going to trade Russell and I don't have a GM and I don't have a coach. Right. Those are the first two things you have to do. Then you can start talking about who are we moving? What direction do we want to go in? Mm -hmm. Um, But Daryl Morey leaving was not a surprise to me. I kind of think, I kind of think he might have been fired and and maybe it was just kind of a a mutual, mutual parting of the ways. And because of, you know, his long years of service, maybe they're just like, you you can just say that you stepped down, but I just, I don't think there was a lot of room, especially after D'Antoni leaves. Um, And obviously for him, for, for Maury, maybe a reason that he just decided that it was done Uh, Is because the the experiment had kind of run its course, like you said. They tried everything. Like he tried all the different things. He, I mean, the the Rockets and the Warriors changed the way that NBA games were played in the last five years, you know, seven years really. Um, And now everyone's adopting this, you know, shoot threes sort of mentality. You can play small ball. You don't need a center. And obviously, he pushed that to the limits um, with the last half of the season. Uh, You said those things worked, and I, you know, I think that they work to as about as good as you can do. You cannot coach or, or predict when an injury is going to come and bite you in the ass. And then you can't, you can't ever expect a, a, a team that's normally shooting 35 to 40% to go over 27. And again, those two things are really going to be what people look back at as the downfall of why Daryl Morey wasn't successful in Houston. And I, I would say the fact that James Harden is arguably turned into one of the greatest scorers uh, in basketball history is a, is a, it points to why Daryl Morey's stuff worked in the way that you put it. Because without him gearing everything for James, and obviously, of course, making that trade for James Harden uh, from Oklahoma City, none of this would have happened. So uh, I think Daryl Morey can do whatever the hell he wants to do in this world. I don't think he's tied to basketball. He's such a smart freaking guy. He can do anything. He doesn't have to be an NBA GM. He can go be beyond Wall Street. He can go – work in other sports leagues if he wants to be you know involved in baseball I'm sure they would take him so I'm interested to see just kind of from a a different perspective if if Daryl Morey decides to dive back into another position maybe not this season or but but perhaps in in a year or two from now plus he can ride out He can ride
0: out the China beef too he can (laughs) ride that out for you know do the Houston rocket or the Houston Astros thing and kind of just dip out of the scene for a year yeah, just you know sidestep,
2: I mean? just sidestep, <laughs> sidestep, sidestep. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I mean, it's been over a year since that happened. And maybe he moves out for a year and then kind of waits to see what happens in this brand new landscape. But we have seven franchises that are obviously in transition. Uh, he had been linked to the Sixers GM position before they brought in Elton Brand. Um, and I think it was like, in and even before that, maybe in 2016. Uh, so who knows? I mean, I, I think he's going to have a job Uh, you know kind of wherever wherever he wants I mean if if he started calling owners and like hey you know what about this what about this I think I think people would listen to him I think they would offer him a job if 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 he's so desired I'm even consulting
0: even consulting though if you want to be that guy you know that guy that comes in and helps maybe tweak the numbers a little bit in your favor and take a look at your books and be like all right, well, maybe if we try this out right here. And, again, I don't mean to go back to the Clippers, but Ballmer would pay for it if we needed something like that for your services. But, again, it goes back to him wanting – I'm sure when he wants to come back, he'll be able to come back. But you're totally right. With You can't blow up a team if you don't have a GM or an offense to run that Russell doesn't fit in. And, you know, you're so close to the finals every single – Go year why rebuild you know but they definitely need some more pieces and i think you definitely need a big man if we're if we're going that route if it's going to be you know ad and Giannis and mb like these are the guys that are going to be there at the end of the day and you, you need a big you just need a big he tried mm-hmm. it it didn't work so not necessarily a big you can get a six nine big that plays big you don't necessarily need a seven footer maybe for ad you do but
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I, I think this is going to be a really tough spot for Houston now. I mean, so they're without a GM, mm-hmm. and and the coaching pool has diminished, right? Like, no longer is Doc Rivers available. I mean, you, you, Tony's obviously not available because he just left there, right? So like, the names of coaches are, are getting fewer and fewer. Um, so I I'm very curious as to who. Is left on their list. I bet you they, they go for
0: one of these player coaches, dude. That's what I think. I mean, not established coaches. I think that's what they go with.
2: Well, I think that I think the the first thing that they have to do is before they bring a coach on, they have to find a GM. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, who knows how long that's going to take? And then by that time, who knows what what coaches are going to be available? Like, it is it's shocking to me how quickly. The landscape shifted. Like we had all these open spots, and now the majority of them are filled. It's only Oklahoma City and Houston that still have coaching vacancies. Everything else has been done. Indiana, obviously, we got. What's his Nash. name?
0: That was a weird pick,
2: too. Oh, Indiana's. Uh, I was the assistant coach from um, from Toronto. Uh, Nate Bjorkgren. It's a it's a hell of a last name. It's a, yeah. It's B J O R K G R E N bjorkgren Bjorgren. um, he was, he was an assistant coach uh, for Nick Nurse in Toronto. And obviously Nick Nurse is one of the, you know, the hot young coaches in the league. He's done a great job in Toronto, of course. That, in, that hire was also surprising, essentially like a no-name coach, um, similar to the way Nick Nurse kind of took over. I mean, he was the G League coach for a while and then assistant. And, you know, they, they just kind of gave him a shot. So who knows, maybe this guy has some of that flavor that Nick Nurse uh, brought to Toronto and they can, they can help out Indiana. Yeah.
0: Young coaches and assistant coaches, like, we don't, we don't pay attention to them. We really don't as analysts or whatever we want to – fans, whatever we want to call us. Like, we don't look at their bench and be like, dang, Dan Bjorkic, I want that guy on my bench, you know. But coaches and GMs and scouts are the guys watching that. So, obviously, this guy has potential, and they've been looking at him for a while. So, you know, maybe he's a really good fit. It's just a weird fit. I, every, everything kind of just snowballed with Nash and Doc Rivers getting picked up in an hour. You know what I mean, and then you, and then Gentry's like, "Oh fuck it, I don't know where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on the bench in Sacramento. That's where I'm gonna go. Pick me up there." So people went really fast. It'd be interesting to know what, because uh, I'm not a big fan of fr- frittata. Not a big fan of frittata.
2: So <laughs> yeah, I. So I, I. Who knows? That whole organization could be uh, you know, switched over. Like I know that he sold- might- yeah, I know that he might be shopping the, you know, selling the rockets. Uh, because because he's, he's
0: losing money constantly right now. He's taking a jail in pandemic.
2: Yeah, his businesses were mostly tied to uh, restaurants and, um, and resorts and things like that that aren't being attended. I mean, that's just the truth. Things, you know, in certain places of the country, that's not the case. But if you're, if you're invested heavily into a, a large space around the country and the world, I, I can't imagine how much money he's averaging. But let's just say that he stays there. I do think this is the maybe the last opportunity for Mark Jackson to steal this job, and right. what I mean by steal is because it, it it's not that he doesn't deserve a, a chance at coaching job, but n- nobody seems to be talking about him as an option. And I think he could definitely he could definitely be the coach that goes to to Houston and that gives him a different look, uh, but still has a lot of the similar stuff that that Golden State built upon with the small ball and the shooting. I think he could be a good fit there, but again. Uh, you know, he, I digress. You have to start with the GM first. And Didn't he play I, in
0: Houston? I think Mark Jackson got a couple years in Houston.
2: Man, he bounced around. The last couple seasons of his career, he he was he was around for a while. I I don't Raptors. know if he did or not. I, think I don't know did. if he did.
0: He responded to my DM the other night though, which was kind of cool. Did he? Yeah, I posted a throwback Clipper pick of Mark Jackson. I'm like, yo, this is my favorite. This is the reason why I'm a Clipper fan. And he hit me back with, God bless you, man. I appreciate it. So oh, I love are. Mark. I love I Mark Jackson. That, that was so cool. Um, all right. <clears throat> rumor mill time. Rumor mill, Drew. Okay. A couple things this week, people were, were spitting out D Rose to the Lakers. They're going to make it. it they're they're going to make a, a play for him supposedly. And I mentioned he'd been on my list for Clippers too. We need an offensive point guard guy that can get to the rack and create shots, create opportunities. I would love Derek Rose as a Clipper. Had his great season last year. Had one of his, I mean, one of his better seasons after post-MVP and post-injuries. Uh, he'd be great on the Lakers as well. If you happen to lose Rondo, Rondo's uh, stock is really high right now, and Rondo's also been tied to Clippers, if we possibly want to go that route. I'm not too big on that one. I, 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 I should think about that more, because after this past season with Rondo, I should explore that a little more. I'd be more Derrick Rose offense – oriented since we have so many defensive players on our squad we need a little more offense but if you can get d rose for the right price would you want him to be your starting point guard
2: going back to the end of like before the the covid break he was the trade deadline deal that the whole Laker organization wanted to make happen and and detroit pulled out for whatever reason even though they were trying to get rid of everybody uh, as the season progressed uh, the Derrick Rose conversation broke down in trade. And I think it was because we had a lack of, uh, you know, lack of things to offer really. I mean, we gave up everything for Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and it worked. Uh, I definitely want Derrick Rose. I, I think he is having over Rondo, surge.
0: rather pay Rondo or get Derrick Rose.
2: No, I don't think it has to be that, but I, I think there's space to keep both Rondo and Derrick Rose. Who starts? Uh, I think there's a, I think there's a way for that to figure. I think Derrick Rose starts because LeBron's the point guard. Uh, you know Derek Rose can play the two yeah, offensively he can play the two guard offensively and defensively he's you know I would say he's not as good as Rondo, but he's adequate. I would say he's you know a little bit worse than than uh, than KCP, but he's he's probably about as good or if not better than Danny Green was defensively for us this year so you know I think I think we start Derek Rose if that's the case again, this is all you know conjecture rumor man and he's got a,
0: he's got a relationship with braun as well.
2: The, the one thing when we were talking with Eton last week, the one thing that I want the Lakers to address the most is shooting. Now, Derek Rose doesn't necessarily address that issue because he's not what you would consider to be a knockdown three-point shooter. But he is a scorer, and that creates space for the few shooters that we have. Like, if Anthony Davis is going to be our second or third best three-pointer, we need people to create the drive and, and the pick-and-roll situations to get him open for a pop. Or in the corner, or something like that, for a three, and I think he can do that. I think Rondo did a great job of that. I think Caruso did a great job of that. So I'm, I would definitely welcome Derrick Rose, one hundred thousand percent. So I would I. Love that. So yeah. would I.
0: That's sure. It's going to be our, our our Marcus Morris uh, battle, like the la- the battle for Marcus Morris during that the 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 trade deadline. Yeah. Clippers and Lakers, who's going to get him? One of us is going to get him. Uh, my favorite, my favorite off season time, is. During the offseason, just the New York Knicks bullshit that comes out. Just what's going to happen? Now it's Melo and CP3 are going to join up. The old men are going to join up in New York uh, for one last hurrah. I love – if Portland doesn't want to retain Melo, which I think they totally should. I think they have a lot of love for him. I I personally think that that Melo stays. They pay him. But I would love to see Melo back in New York. Not on a super losing team. He's only going to go if he goes with his homie, like if Chris Paul shows up. But the thing we've been talking about for four years is the contract, the Chris Paul contract, which he's not going to give up any of that bread. And he's got – do you know what it, what it is? What's left, Drew?
2: Yeah, he's got like two years left, like in, in 30, 35, and 38 or something like that.
0: Two years, 85.6 on the books Jesus right Christ. right wow. dude and i yeah. and i don't like I, I i know i bring this up often but like i still as heartbroken as i was when the clipper when we lost chris paul that contract we just could not keep right and this is the exact reason why although we love chris paul i love chris paul he had a great season last season but picking up that money is just ridiculous if anybody does it it should be the knicks because then it'll be off your books and the Knicks have the most money to spend. They, they, they're like $68 million under the cap right now. But then you'd yeah, have – They have
2: all this money in, in one of the worst free agent seasons. uh in recent, in recent years, of course they do. Well, it's because they missed, gonna... out, they missed out last season. That's the thing. They were prepping to, to get Kevin Durant uh, and Kyrie Irving. Um, and that just obviously didn't work out at all. I, I think the hardest part of, of the Mello and CPP thing to New York – is the trade? How do you figure out a way to get Chris Paul traded to your organization? because he's not a free agent? You have to figure out how that balances the books, uh, and I'm sure they can figure it out with picks and all this other stuff. But it, it's going to take a lot to get him there, and I just mean that from a, a sheer money standpoint. Like logistics. Yeah, the Knicks have nothing. Like so, I mean, Julius Randall. Uh, you know, and then you know, what does you know what does Oklahoma City need really from them? And, you, and I, honestly, you would have to kind of package almost a three team deal to make, I think, the pieces fit. Well, Gallo's um,
0: available. Oh, Gallo's a free, free agent. agent. That's right. right. He's a free, he's agent. A
2: free agent. And that's, there's been talks of him going back to New York as well. I mean, shit. Gallo's, I mean, if we can, we can talk about Gallo, that guy is going to be solid on whatever team he goes to. You know what you get out of him? You get like 19 and 8 every night. Um, obviously, the, some of the more recent criticism of him has been his lack of performance in this bubble and these playoffs. But I think that's just kind of a shitty way to go about it. He's, he's a hell of a player. Um, and would be like i said a value on any literally any team any roster
0: i love gallo who, who 610
2: I... yeah who doesn't want a 610 scoring wing like that's who can that's, really shoot essential right can and, really shoot and he's not a terrible defender like everyone everyone always wants to clown on his defense and he's not bad he's mm-hmm. he's quick enough he's definitely tall enough um i think that guy would be great on on literally any team in the NBA.
0: but if anybody took the Chris Paul contract, it would be the Knicks, right? So this is what this is what, I, and I'm sorry for my diehard Knicks podcast, homie. I'm sorry, dude, but I just see Knicks pick up CP and, and Boogie. <laughs> They're gonna get Boogie four year, forty four million or something like that. You know what I mean? That
2: actually, that actually could happen. Uh, but again, it's the trade component that's the toughest. The other right. team that I think would would take a risk. There's two. There's two teams I think would take a risk. I think Philly would take a risk. Uh, and bringing CP there, and I think uh, Milwaukee would, would take a risk. Now, Mo- Milwaukee would be suing for the defenses, right? That's the last. That's what they risk. should be they doing right. In, they lock up their books. No, but they lock up their books pretty substantially. Like that, you're tied to Middleton and CP until that deal is over. Granted, it's only two years. Um, and if Giannis leaves anyway, then you have the extra cap room, and and it's fine. But it is, it would be going well into the luxury tax, I think, in order to bring him there with uh, the, the money that they have going out to everybody. Um, and, and obviously Bledsoe would have to be involved in that deal to take some of the money off of the Milwaukee's books. Uh, but I, I honestly think if, if Chris is out to try and win a ring more than just to, you know, play his days out in a different city and, and try and, you know, I don't know, bring some season ticket holders to the garden. If he's actually looking to contend in these last couple seasons that he has left in the NBA, I think that's the strongest option, or like I said, Philly could be an option too. If you get him in a Ben Simmons deal, uh, something like that would could, could go down. Uh, the money matches up pretty evenly there. And Doc Rivers obviously has a, a somewhat of a relationship with Chris. Uh, those two, I think, would be the best options for him.
0: Or OKC. I'm just uh, this just popped in my head. OKC with all these these picks and assets that they have, they send them to Houston to get Russell back with CP retain Gallo you have Shea and just just bring him back bro who
2: knows just run just run four guards just run four guards in Danilo
0: why why not and Steven Adams just but just just banging heads left
2: Steven Adams is on the bench
0: uh you brought up Milwaukee and I I said prior to the show Drew like I I really do not want I want to talk about this once with you Uh and then whenever we have another guest on That's fine because all they're talking about and all they will be talking about for the next year or until Giannis signs this fucking extension is where he's going to go. Now, Giannis didn't help this debate by taking a picture with his son. uh, What's his son's name? It's uh, Liam in front of the Golden Gate Bridge this week. Okay. It did not. It's not going to help the chatter. Right. But even when I was down at your place, this week in San Diego and we were seeing the kind of bread this guy would have to give up if he doesn't sign the supermax. you know, I go back to, I go back to Elton brand, not signing with the Clippers, right? He signed with the Philadelphia 76ers after Baron came, right. And, and Elton was going to sign $85 million. Philly offers him 85.7, something like that, which mean like literally nothing in the grand scheme of things. Giannis we're not talking 700k we're talking 80 million dollars he would leave on the table and I know we've discussed this before I just don't see how a human being can can not take that especially coming from his humble beginnings and and the 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 large family he has you have one shot to get this contract I think you, i i just think you have to take it i don't see him as as sexy as it is for him to be with jimmy butler in miami or i i don't think he would sell out and go to go go to golden state even though jeff crompton totally thinks he's going there i think the better fit would be miami or they say he's a very loyal guy and i see that i see that in him and i'd be loyal for 250 million dollars too
2: i you know i think it's uh it actually is a kind of a tough decision for Giannis, right? Cause if he looks at Milwaukee and doesn't believe that they're going to provide him with enough support to win a championship, then what does the money mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I understand $80 million is, is a crazy amount of money to essentially turn down, but there is other aspirations other than money that this guy has. And that's what I'm, that's what I always go back to is it's like, yes, there's a difference between $80 million, but the difference is uh, like, what is it? Is it 160 uh, versus 140. 240, 140 versus 220.
0: Well, the scale right now is up in the air. It's between 200 and 250 based off of what's going to happen next year with the CBA. Cause pandemic messed up a lot of things. So it can be anywhere from 200 to 250 and then 120 to 140.
2: Right. So that's my point. My point is generational wealth is not in question. He's going to get that regardless, right? What are we talking about? We're talking about a difference of $80 million, which is a huge difference. But it's not zero and $80 million that he's choosing between. It's it's $140 million, which is more than enough money to take care of him and his entire family. All over, the. they all could have their own two to $10 million house. Like it's not a problem. Um, I, do, I do think that, that part of the equation has to be called into question. Now the second thing, is that we've seen with Kevin Durant in his injury, that it's not just the one time that you get this contract offer. I mean, he just tore his fucking Achilles and still got a max deal out of, out of Brooklyn. So I still think that there's room, especially with how young Giannis is, I still think that there's room for him to turn this one down and do a one or two year deal, bridge it however he wants to, or go to a new place and figure it out from there. It is something that's gonna be brought up every week until he decides to make a decision, Uh, I'm going to be tired of the coverage. I'm already kind of tired of the coverage as it is. Uh, I don't think he's going to make a decision this year. I think that's the whole thing, right? Like maybe in the middle of the season or something like that, if he loves it and just goes, okay, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be, then fine. But what he has right now is leverage because it's not this year that he's, (laughs) he's not a free agent this season. It's the next season. So he should take the time. To, to say to Milwaukee and use this leverage and go, like look, I, I, I've said it before, give him a reason to stay. Other than the 80 million reasons that we just talked about, give him an actual reason to stay and have belief that they can win a championship, not just one, but multiple there under this unbelievable talent.
0: I also feel that there has to be some kind of recruiting by Giannis, just like Steph does, just like LeBron does. You have, like Kawhi made sure we get... Paul George like you have to actively it's easy to get people to play in LA or New York or Miami that is easy getting people to play in Milwaukee could be a little different and you have to have you have to people have to want to play with you like how are we going to play together and like I don't think Giannis makes his players better right he's just a really really good good player i mean obviously he's back to back on both ends of the floor but i think you got to actively recruit i think you need to tell your coaches exactly what you feel you need bledsoe's not it the point guard's not it middleton's fine we can be fine with middleton but again make maybe make the play for derrick rose make the play for drew holiday make that you need the the scoring point guard right now Drogic, if you want to he's hot right now if you can get somebody that can get numbers on the board for you and create yeah Dinwiddie,
2: Dinwiddie. Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie is the perfect guy to, for them to try and go grab right now mm-hmm. because he answers all the problems as far as what Bledsoe lacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may not be as stout of a defender as Bledsoe is, but that guy solves a lot of problems that they let slip between their fingers when they let Malcolm Brogdon go. So again, it, that's the kind of stuff that the that Milwaukee has to show Giannis. We're not gonna we're not gonna skimp out on paying Malcolm Brogdon, uh, because we don't want to spend the money. Uh, when in fact, I think he would have been a huge uh, part of of helping them overcome Miami. Would have been his play. Um, Oladipo. Oladipo. I mean, so. Uh, Indiana has a lot of trade pieces right they got they got Sabonis they got Turner they got Oladipo they they have Brogdon I don't think they're going to trade him Uh, they have the the Holiday Brothers like they have a lot of pieces that people might want to you know grab and and, you know try and add to their roster and Oladipo is right now I would say you're probably selling him on a little bit on the low side because he still can't get healthy we talked about it uh, a few weeks ago it's like man every time he gets a good run of games 10 games 15 games he comes down with another injury so Uh, But I don't know if Oladipo addresses that problem unless you switch him to a point guard or you just do the Giannis brings the ball up every time thing. Um, I do think, I think Dinwiddie is the ideal candidate for Milwaukee, more so than Chris Paul. Uh, But I do think Chris Paul is still probably a better player than Dinwiddie. Uh, But the money is a lot better to go for Dinwiddie than it is Chris. So that one, if, if I'm Milwaukee, that's who I want.
0: Even, Kar- even Karis LeVert, too, though. I mean, I think, I think Brooklyn's going to have to get rid of some of – they got too much, too much offense at, at, at a certain position over there. I think they're going to uh, make some moves. I'm looking well, at a- – Joe
2: Harris is their free agent. That's their big one that they have to lock down. He's one of the better shooters in the NBA. And we know, especially with players like Durant and Irving that you know get into the paint a lot, you're going to leave the door wide open. He's, like, he's a quintessential Clay Thompson for this big three, if you will. I'm excluding DeAndre Jordan from the big three conversation. He's about five years too old.
0: To uh, take it easy on oh my guy.
2: Three. I love him. I actually love DeAndre Jordan. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, but, you know, the big three, I you know, ideally right now is going to be Levert in, in there with Durant and, and Irving. And then you can have Joe Harris just catching and shooting, kind of like Duncan Robinson did for Miami. And I think if if Joe Harris is not resigned by uh, the nets he's somebody that's going to be highly coveted around the league because the, the number is of down three point shooters at that 40 percent or above quit. no
0: he's not he's unrestricted i don't have him on my list which is wild i thought he was restricted mm-hmm. uh i want to bring up uh so there's two things two more things i want to get into but i'm looking at nine free agents right like the guys i feel the top free agents right now right and we say it's weak but it's really not uh we got van well Bleed. it's
2: it's just not that meant like you said nine in previous right. years, there's like 15, 18 guys that are of this caliber. So go ahead.
0: Well, I'm, I got Van Vliet, Ingram, who's restricted. Gallo, we talked about. Trez, we talked about. We've, it's like beating a dead horse. Uh, Dragic, we talked about. These two, though, I think are huge. And that's Bogdan and Bertrands. Okay? All my, those two, I think, can be game changers for certain teams. Bogdan's restricted and he was great for Sacramento. I think he would be amazing anywhere else too. like this guy should be super coveted. Somebody should throw him. You want to throw, fuck you money, Milwaukee, throw it at this guy. So Sacramento doesn't, can't match you. Bertrand's made that play going into the bubble with, you know what? I'm about to get a payday. I'm going to sit this one out. And I think he made the right decision with that. Cause that, that lasted about a week. <laughs> Washington did. Yeah. Um, but Bertrand stretches the floor. He's instant offense. We'll, you know, if he's in for 20 minutes, he's shooting for 20 minutes. He shoots at a high clip. Bogdan can create his own shot. Uh, very good teammate. Everybody loves him on the squad. Good locker room guy. And then we're going to Mello and D. Howard. Melo, again, I already said what I think is going to happen with him. I think the Lakers would be stupid to not try to re-sign Dwight Howard even though he could probably get a bag somewhere else right now after, uh, you know, be a good piece for somebody else. But uh, what do you think about that, Bogey and Bertrands?
2: I I do think that uh, Bogdanovich is going to stay in Sacramento. They seem to be pretty set on, on, you know, keeping him there and matching whatever offer comes his way. Now, I think the good news for restricted free agents, like the good news for franchises with restricted free agents, is this uncertainty of the cap. And who knows how willing teams are going to be to throw money at guys this particular offseason, season, um, especially if they're like that restricted free agent kind of thing. Uh, I think the, the, the guy out of Sacramento that is on the move to me is actually Buddy Heald. I That's mean, happening. He, yeah. Heald and, and Walton have not seen eye to eye since he's been there.
0: Can Walton uh, get along with anybody, bro? Seriously. He's Can he get one. along
2: with a, store, with a star at all? He's the only, it seems to be the only one that, that doesn't like Walton is, is uh, other than LeBron James. And Magic Johnson is, uh, <laughs> is <laughs> Buddy Two goats right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's Buddy Heel. Everyone else on the team seems to be, like, I mean, relatively good with, with Luke Walden. Obviously, he's got to have to hold them together and gain some respect somehow from that locker room because if he doesn't, he'll be out soon. Um, but I think Healed is the one that people can go in for and try and pick off a trade and make something happen there. Bogdanovich is a hell of a player. If, if Sacramento is not locking him down, there's, you know, several teams that are going to be wanting him he is he is more athletic than he looks he's a better shooter he's clutch he's not he's not that bad on defense he's a good mm-hmm. size like he's solid um, so I, I but I do think he's gonna stay in Sacramento. Bertrands that guy is I, I mean he, he's just plug and play as far as a three-point like stretch three that you the stretch four that you want in on your team um I don't know who who's gonna come calling for him but I wouldn't be surprised if there's you know, twelve different teams that are like, okay, what do you, you know, what what do we need to do to get you on our squad? San Antonio, that's where he came from.
0: Yeah, go so back.
2: I, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I think this is what we're talking about when I'm bringing up like Joe Harris and 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 knockdown shooters. There's very few of them. There's very few of them in the league that hit at a forty percent or higher. Bertrand's is one of those. I think he actually was first or second this year in three point percentage. I think he shot like forty three percent from three, which is insane. That's like that is so good um so dude yeah pick pick any team in the in the league that doesn't have a six nine shooter and they're gonna go okay let's let's snag him
0: or, or pay him washington you're yeah. getting you're gonna get john wall back we're gonna run it back with beal at an amazing season let's see what we can do with with the stretch four over here maybe we can win some fucking ball games in the east you know
2: yeah sometimes absolutely. you
0: got just because you're free agent unrestricted or restricted doesn't mean you got to bounce you know what i mean so Definitely. if they if they pay you the cheese take it man um Something that we're not too familiar with but is huge online. I mean, I know you like to play video games, but NBA 2K ratings came out. We know how these players, like, literally live and die by their 2K rating. They take it very personally. But all the player ratings came out today. Did you get a chance to look at any of these?
2: Um, I saw that LeBron was a 99, right?
0: 98. So he's first, which which I'm fine with, okay? He's a 98. AD's a 96. So there's your gauge
2: right there, okay? Is, and, and those are the only two at, at that number
0: no 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 no. i'm just okay. giving you a gauge lebron's 98 ad's a 96 got it okay so that's that's where their rankings are at
2: where would you have dame like a 95
0: 95 dame was a 95 there we go. Kyrie. 93 90
2: yeah sure kd 94
0: 95 you're getting. You're, you're not yeah. bad at this drew
2: yeah
0: uh let's throw a, a screwball at, i already told you trey young i already told you trey no
2: you said he was he was upset i don't know what oh trey trey
0: was. was a little was a little bitter what do you think they got trey so at?
2: that means he's not in the 90s that means he's in the 80s uh 87 88 not nice. bad okay. not bad drew right.
0: uh clay 86 mm, 89 coming yeah. off that injury yeah uh, if if LeBron's a 98, AD's a 96, where is Harden? 97. 96. Not bad. Okay. okay. Kemba. Oh. 88.
2: 86. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If Kemba's an 86, what's Jalen Brown?
2: I feel like they don't give Jalen Brown a lot of love. So,
0: 84. He's, he's tied with Kemba at 86.
2: Oh, all right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for Jalen. This one I wasn't too happy with. D. Book. Oh, Booker never gets love, man.
0: Oh, why do they hate Devin Booker? I stuff? don't
2: know. It's crazy. Um, I you know I don't know. He's not in the '90s. I don't think so. '80, uh, 80, '89,
0: '88. You're so yeah. close on all these, bro. You, <laughs> you, you got to hit one on the head, though.
2: Yeah. I'm just uh, missing.
0: All right, let me throw one at you then, Luca.
2: Ninety-four.
0: Very good. Right on. Right on cue. There go. You better not have this pulled up on your laptop, Drew. I
2: got – my hands are empty.
0: Jimmy Buckets. Big Face Coffee.
2: 92. 93. Yeah. Giannis. Uh, 96. 97.
0: Yeah. Rudy Gobert.
2: Uh, 91.
0: This one you're way you're
2: right. off of. I'm I'm too high.
0: You're too high. you sold high on Gobert. Uh, I,
2: yeah, I guess he doesn't have much on the offensive side, so 87. There you go. Yeah.
0: And then who do I have left? Uh, Jason Tatum.
2: 91. Jason
0: Tatum is 90. And oh. then did, did we do Steph yet? No. Steph.
2: 93.
0: 95. See, I think that's high. Coming, I know it's Steph, but, like, you're coming off injury. You haven't played in a year. Same thing with KD. Like, I
2: understand you're one of your – Yeah, but his injury isn't that. Like, it's not a foot. It's, it's, his, it's his hand. Yeah, Steph's injury is it's his left hand. So, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, I, you know, it's so funny that, you know, I think every year with Madden, the NFL players get all bent out of shape. And with 2K, the NBA players get all out of shape. I'm sure the same thing happens in FIFA and MLB. Um, but look, dude i I don't. I'm not a huge fan of 2K. No. I, I'm not. I, I was. I was. I think I bought the whatever two two seasons ago. I bought the game, and the stuff that they do with like the career mode, where you're, you're the player and you can kind of work through, and you like get a shoe deal, and you know you work your way up. That's the, fun. That's the, fun. Yeah, the bench. That part's fun. But outside of that, it's just. It's. I don't know. It's just not for me. The get They don't have. The gameplay down to where it looks authentic. You know what I mean? Like, especially, fuck dude, during quarantine, we we're watching all these professional gamers play COVID, so, or play COVID, play 2K. <laughs> <laughs> We've been playing COVID for six months, bro. Yeah, we're still there. in it. We're still playing. <laughs> uh, but they're playing 2K on television. And even those guys who play for a goddamn living, it still looks like compartmentalized none of it was flow the game like the defense is jumping at weird times and every time that you do a crossover you're like kind of crossing into the body of the player and it's not smooth the way that like fifa for instance is what fifa is my favorite video game the soccer video game you know that shit is smooth as butter now what you get with fifa is you get you get further back because the the, you know the, the soccer field is so much larger uh, and the players are so much smaller in comparison to, like, the rim and, and the goal and all that stuff. In the NBA, it's, they're all on top of each other. So you're playing this thing, and, like, there's no space on the floor, which is I, not to say that that's not realistic. When you look at an NBA game, there's not a whole lot of space on that floor also. But I just – I don't know, man. I'm just not a, I'm not a fan. I, I, I have to say that.
0: I think there's two things. One, well, first of all, what, what, how, how do you think they did my boy PG, though?
2: Oh, uh, Paul George? Mm-hmm. 90
0: Eighty-eight. Yeah, they low-balled my guy. The one thing I like about two K, and they just have, they must have kids just running simulations all the time because they're running simulations with certain players in in different systems. Like they had Kawhi in in Houston play. They did twenty seasons of Kawhi in Houston, right? And they won they won uh, the championship seven times. He was uh, he was Finals MVP three times. Like I think that's really cool. Putting players. in in different situations and simulating that and like what a cool outcome. You know, maybe that's the Daryl Morey out. Maybe Daryl Morey's that kind of guy. Like I wonder what works, but. Definitely. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, You know, we're going to do our, uh, we're going to do our Clips and Drew draft special, hopefully next week with Matt Babcock, who's just a draft genius. And I've been doing my homework. You got to do your homework too. I think we're going to do a Clips and Drew lottery, uh, lottery draft pick or excuse me lottery draft first 14 we'll have babcock on it's going to be awesome if you haven't listened to big man bias with with etan thomas that interview was so cool we got a lot of love on that you got to check us out on basketballnews.com so many different awesome podcasts that we got coming out the content is really dope uh chris sheridan just wrote a really great article just a lot of great brains over there man And we're going to get this Kenyon Martin podcast going, which should be interesting, too, with no filter. Kenyon should be great. I really hope I get to talk to that guy at some point. But, yeah, we're going to come back with a a draft special next week. You got anything else, Drew?
2: I I am very much looking forward to uh, the draft and then free free agency starting. I'm looking forward to that happening so that we actually have some news instead of the, the conjecture about where we think people are going to go. I'm excited. You know, even though this isn't the best draft, (laughs) and you know, especially as far as the last couple seasons have gone, this is definitely a a shitty draft.
0: I think there's a couple gems, though. I really do. I think there's a there's just a couple gems in there.
2: I do. I I, yeah. I mean, there better be right (laughs) (laughs) because if there's if there's no gems, (laughs) this is literally going to be the worst draft in history. Um, but you know, I, I, think, I think this draft in particular, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see the way, I don't think it's going to shake down the way that, you know, most people think. I think, I think a lot of teams are going to do some surprising things, whether that be draft a player that we didn't expect or trade up or trade down to get players that they, we have they're to reaching do for. We ha- when we do our
0: mock draft though, we have to, we're not implementing trades or anything like that. Right. This, this player drafted for this specific team. Totally. And for whatever reason, LaMelo's trending right now at the number one pick, which is just so wild to me. And it could totally happen. It could totally happen.
2: Yeah, and he could be the best player in the draft. Without, I mean, it's, it's all possible. He could be – He, you know, he, I think he has the the, the highest potential uh, out of anybody in this draft. It, it's, it's oh, we'll discuss
0: that. I don't think so. But we can – and I like LaMelo. I've been speaking very highly about him. But, uh, but he definitely can. not I mean, what the fuck do we know? We need five years to know what these guys turn out to be. Uh, I would like some more I know there's not a lot going on but we need to get more pictures of Anthony Davis high eating tacos in Los Angeles we need way more of those so who's ever paparazzi make sure to get some more of those because he just looked litty I know you saw that pic
2: I love that picture Uh, J.R. Smith also had a couple as as he will I think he would have had those regardless of of championship or not Uh, J.R. Smith just takes pictures that way just uh, but something that I found out is that they did not test. I know the NBA players in the bubble for marijuana. You knew and, that. Uh, you didn't know that. No, I mean it, it hasn't really been discussed that much, um, and so I just I think that that actually might become policy moving forward. What uh, I want to know, especially with all the states that are have legal marijuana for recreational use, maybe they'll they'll at least go. Well, as long as you're in those states, we're not going to penalize you. I want to
1: know who.
0: The- <laughs> I want to know who the, the lucky selected weed man was that got to deliver to the bubble. Like, who's the plug, you know?
2: Well, I mean, these days, bro, you got apps that'll just deliver that shit like it's food. Um, and, uh, you know, Amazon can ship anywhere. You know, who knows, man? You know, pick, take your pick.
0: <laughs> hey, again, check us out on basketballnews.com. We're going to take him out with my boy. And I, you have to say it a certain way because he's French. Young blue. Can you say it like that, Drew? Blue. Not blue. Blue. Ble- like Blitches. Yeah, like Blitches. Uh, Young Blue, featuring Drake. Your mind's still. This is my banger. Three days. This is all I've been playing. Turn it up, bang it. So follow through with clips and Drew, and we're
1: ghosts. If I ever made you angry, girl, just know that it get better with time. time. They say time here. She can't see her life without me, she's so blasted. So Fuck that nigga, you can tell him that you're mine still And she don't wanna go to sleep, she angry Lately she been noticing he ain't me I wish that we can change places Don't want no new, new faces She got my heartbeat racing Time is Don't go build a life without me Cause you mine still uh, And I don't wanna go and let you make me Pretty face, pretty tender But pretty taught me ugly lessons Pretty at me giving more than I was getting So pretty don't come with something Well then I did it Shame to tell my friends how much I do for you Cause they know that you would never do the same for me she been noticing he ain't me I wish that we can change plans Trying to that, try girl, tell me you lie Let me be that pussy up uh, one more time. Let me be that pussy up uh, one more time. I know that you think for this. I know that you did not forget. So don't go to sleep. And she don't wanna go to sleep. She angry. Lately she been noticing he ain't me. I wish that we can change places. Don't want sleep no she got my heartbeat racing They say time heals Don't go build a no life without me Cause you mine still uh-huh. And I don't wanna go unless you make me Lately I've been gone, I'm feeling crazy yeah, I'm from the bricks, we got a whole lot of bricks You got a whole lot of tricks And I wanna see what you do with them.